2: 6.30 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on
1: 6.30 Chad.
0: So Canada beats Russia one nothing in their world junior tune-up game. Captain Kirby Dock. Leaves the game in the third period. He will need more x-rays. Nothing official on his status yet. Looked like a hand or a wrist injury after he collided with a Russian player at center ice. Basketball tonight. Raptors opening up their season against the New Orleans Pelicans. It's 67-63 for the Raptors with seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter siakam with 16 for the raptors lowry has 14 they're the only guys in double digits to this point hey the nhl schedule is out oilers open against vancouver two games in fact that rogers place the 13th and the 14th of january they'll play the canucks 10 times they'll play the flames 10 times first game against calgary is february 6th in calgary we'll have to wait a little bit for that one, you can get a full story on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca, and there's a link you can click in there to uh, to go to the full schedule for the Oilers. I'm sure you already know all the places you can find it. All right, I, I, love, I love when this guy comes on the show because he's a great guest. I find he's very easy to talk to. He's very informative. I enjoy the rapport I have with him, and I can also introduce him by saying, it's time to go Drancing. It's Thomas Drance <laughs> from The Athletic Vancouver. <laughs> Thomas, what's going on?
2: Reed, not much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Happy to be on. I I would have been on yesterday with you, but I, of course, got a new puppy. Uh, So a new Christmas pup in my household, and that'll make the holidays, you know, merry and bright despite, you know, 2020 coming to a fitful end. Well, what kind of dog did you get? That's awesome. I got a little mini burnadoodle and if you hear him whimper at all, it's because he'll want attention from me at some point during this interview as my wife uh, gently tries to distract him.
0: Well, <laughs> now, like, are you a dog person? Has there usually been a dog in your life?
2: Uh, I grew up around dogs, but I've never been a primary uh, caretaker for a dog, you know, working in sports media, right? I haven't <laughs> had a lot of time to myself, uh, this has sort of been the first uh, situation where i i could confidently say like hey i might not go anywhere for six months <laughs> so <laughs> well, this was that's... the right time to get a dog <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good way to look
0: at. I, I love dogs there's always been a dog uh uh in the like i guess for part of my life the you know i lived in lloydminster for several years so right. the dogs and the family were with my mom and dad but i still always called them my dogs because you'd visit them a lot (laughs) and all that kind of stuff but the dog the dog in my family now he's uh he's a senior he's 14 and a half so so you know you know they're getting they're getting old but there's there's a comfort level with older dogs because they know the routine right like he's 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 at his bowl at supper time He goes and lies down on his own. He actually has a a pad to go to the bathroom on in my parents' basement. So if he needs to go, he just heads down there on his own. So, uh, you know, you miss the energy level sometimes, but you appreciate how they're just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. I'll let you
2: know when I need something. (laughs) Okay. I love it. I also love that this is is like the John Tortorella school of hockey talk. Starts with (laughs) 10 minutes of dog dog talk before we get into the games let's go (laughs) well well well, my actual
0: my actual first question for you thomas is a four-part question what are the standings in the canadian division with the exact point totals what happens in the playoffs and who wins the stanley cup (laughs) that's That's my that's my softball to start it off
2: no yeah let's go (laughs) well here i i'm happy to start there i'm happy to handicap the canadian division and i also want to point out something funny which is every year it seems one canadian team wins around sometimes two sometimes three never four <laughs> and when that happens as the team goes deeper and deeper everyone in canada starts debating are they canada's team right it's like every team has to pass a likability test and i feel like outside of edmonton for example, the, you know, 05 Calgary Flames were, like, pretty close to Canada's team. I feel like a lot of people were rooting for them. Uh, I think the same can be said for the... Was it the 06 Oilers? The, the Dwayne O'Holfe yeah, 06 Oilers. team? Yeah. yeah, like, people yeah. liked that team. They were a scrappy underdog group, right? Uh, but clearly nobody liked, you know, the Senators that made the final and, and played the Ducks, and no one liked the Canucks in <laughs> 11 outside of Vancouver. Uh, and that's fine. Like, teams have to, like, pass this Canada's team test it seems as they go deep in the playoffs but this year this year with the way that the playoff format is set where no Canadian team um, will play an American team until the conference semifinal like there will be crowned a true Canadian champion like the champion the, the champion bid to go compete for the Stanley Cup from the seven Canadian teams this year teams will compete for the rain, for Canada's team to be an undeniable earned moniker against their competitors, and I find that fantastic. Like, that makes this so delicious because we're never going to see this North division again. We're never going to see an all-Canadian division. So whichever team emerges having defeated or vanquished, let's go with the dramatic language, their Canadian rivals, like, they are going to forever have the bragging rights that they won the one-time only Canadian division in the NHL, like that's nothing that anyone will ever be able to take from them. Um, in you know, in this country among the uh, various super tribal warring fan bases, um, you know, that line <laughs> this country, even as we all prepare to root for Team Canada at the World Juniors uh, <laughs> Rogers Place over the next two weeks, I find that great. And in terms of handicapping the teams, I think Toronto's a tier above the other Canadian clubs and I then think there's a group of five and you can go I I almost look at it like it's rock paper scissors you know like the Oilers and the Canucks are the most similar in that you really like their top end but are concerned about their depth and their goaltending the Winnipeg Jets have the best goaltending but I don't think anyone loves that blue line um, Calgary, I think you love the blue line and you love the goaltending, but maybe you're a little bit unsure of their elite core top end. Uh, they're that group's ability to get it done when it counts. And then you've got, you know, uh, an Ottawa team that I think is is kind of looked at it as an also-ran. Oh, and the Montreal Canadiens, who, again, I don't think you like their elite talent, but there's no denying the structure there, the veteran savvy or the fact that they've got Carey Price and no one else does. So... It's going to be really interesting to see who slots in two, three, four. In my opinion, Uh, the only thing I feel confident about is the Toronto Maple Leafs emerging from the regular season with the most points, and then probably disappointing in the playoffs.
0: (laughs) See this? This is this is great because we can have somebody from Vancouver. Like we should call our segments the Western Bias, and we could just exactly (laughs) we we could could be the opposite of everybody else. Uh, Well. Okay, you touched on a few things there. I like. I love how you put that. Like, there is going to be a true Canadian champion, regardless of Mm -hmm. how deep they go after that. I'm wondering who is Canada's current version of Harold Ballard that can create his own, (laughs) like, can create the Chris
2: Hadfield Trophy. You know, right? (laughs) I, (laughs) I wonder if they should. I actually think they should do something like um You know, loan out the Avco World Cup or something, right? Like, I do feel like there should be a trophy uh, awarded just because, you know, it's it, look, it's twenty twenty one. We're going to be pre vax for most people under forty probably by the time this comes out. Like, we all need a little bright spot, and I, I feel like having, you know, a Canadian trophy, like two possible celebrations. I mean, that just makes sense to me. The The whether it's the federal government, whether it's the Hockey Hall of Fame, whether it's the NHL, whether it's the seven Canadian teams banding together to come up with some kind of solution, like we do need to award a trophy for this sort of weird, quirky, um, you know, uh, all Canadian division. I think that's essential. I, I honestly do. Yeah, I think that would be fun.
0: Thomas Drans from the Athletic Vancouver joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, tell me about the situation in BC, in Vancouver as you mm. see it, in terms of, is it like, is it a remote possibility they might not want the Canucks to play? Is it a highly realistic possibility? I just want to get your sense of it, because we know things, even though we saw a schedule today, we know some things still aren't
2: actually official. Right. It's, it's a fascinating dynamic, because the shape of the NHL plan, which was finally published uh, publicly just yesterday, by the league, uh, calls for uh, a variety of different health protocols that will govern competition. And they're very different from the Phase 3 protocols that govern sort of the pre-bubble phase of NHL return to play in the summer and very different from the Phase 4 bubble uh, that Edmonton, of course, hosted uh, during the summer and, and which we all know helped and was a massive success, right? But when you consider BC's current, and I'm just trying to pick my words carefully here, so excuse me if I, if I slow down a bit, but when you consider BC's current restrictions in terms of various public health regulations, as I understand it, there's nothing in the NHL plan that would contravene BC's policy as it stands or require special dispensation from provincial health authorities in British Columbia with the exception of the working or cohort quarantine which coastal health and which is the Vancouver health uh, region uh, uh, approved back in early December in which the province Um, you know, has has given their assent to as well, the federal government's going to come down and and whether it's done already or will be done shortly, uh, grant all NHL teams the, the discretion to operate in that manner through training camp. So, you know, in a world where the NHL is asking for something as limited as the blessing of provincial health authorities. Like what I, what I'd almost liken it to, just to present all of the dense language that I've just discussed in, in sort of a more accessible manner. It's almost like how you ask the father of the bride permission to marry their daughter. Like it's not required, but it's good form, right? right. I, I, that's almost sort of what's happening here. And you know, clearly the pr- province of British Columbia, and I don't think it's the province of British Columbia alone. Um, hasn't exactly given the NHL the warm and fuzzies since they presented their plan over the past four or five days. But when you're asking for something as limited as what it seems the NHL is asking for, um, you know, I, I suspect that will get done. But, you know, clearly it's been dicey enough uh, that it's been talked about a fair bit. And I also think that there's probably some. You know, and, I, and again, I want to use the right word because it's not as far as bitterness, but perhaps a little bit of mutual frustration from the fact that the NHL and the province have struggled to see eye-to-eye now in a couple of instances. One, of course, being the summer when, you know, BC public health officials and the NHL couldn't come to an agreement on, on playing or hosting the return to play in Vancouver. Uh, and, and now again, in how this plan has been presented and and the uh, initial reaction from provincial health officials in British Columbia who uh, I think were clearly more reticent than their counterparts in Alberta and Manitoba for sure. Um, Perhaps a little bit more outspoken, uh, albeit closer in feeling to those in Ontario. And I'm not exactly sure where Quebec stands, but that's sort of my understanding of the lay of the land, which is BC and Ontario have certainly had some concerns, although they haven't said no at any point. Uh, and, you know, I think BC has been a little bit more outspoken, however, in those talks. And, you know, with all of that said, uh, Pierre LeBron, my colleague at the Athletic and, of course, of TSN, uh, seems to be suggesting that there's some optimism uh, today something appears to have uh, there seems to have been some movement which which I'm not exactly privy to the details so we'll see how that evolves uh but if we could have some clarity you know even later tonight or or certainly by tomorrow
0: right yeah i think that's a, that's a that's a fair summary and uh yeah i'm i'm glad i'm still you sounded mostly optimistic though i thought in that so that's that's good cuz i, cause think so, I hate yeah. to, yeah, I'd hate to be waking up on right. Boxing Day and it's like, yeah, no Canadian division. They're all going to play oh. in Anaheim and Vegas and
2: all well, that throughout the season. I don't That'd think be that's. Awful. A, I don't think that's a likelihood. I do, however, think the possibility that Canucks home games aren't played in Vancouver to begin the season. Like I, I think that would be the NHL's reaction. Um, right. The NHL's transition rules provide for teams to play in in various neutral sites and and not that Edmonton is a particularly neutral site for the Canucks but nonetheless uh, we know it would work so you know San Jose for example is going through something similar And, and as we all know the Toronto Raptors making their Uh, season debut actually it's their home opener it just happens to be taking place in Emily Arena Um, you know we've seen some teams forced into situations like this like the Canucks would not be novel um over the course of (laughs) yeah exactly over the course of uh the professional sports landscape in North America over the past 18 months
0: yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that update. I, I wish we had uh, we had more time because I love having you on. But I'll let you get back to your to your real life and the puppy and hopefully <laughs> some uh, relaxation over the next couple of days. Thanks so much Thanks, for man. checking
2: in on the show, man. We'll talk to you in the new year. My absolute pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and happy holidays to all your listeners. Cheers,
0: Bree. That, that is Thomas Drantz with the Athletic Vancouver. Really enjoy talking to him. Some good insight. He laid it out, I think, pretty plainly about uh the the obstacles here and and maybe with bc on on ontario um being a different dynamic than some of the other provinces and as he said you know maybe maybe the canucks might start the season playing their home games somewhere else that that could be uh one of the ultimate outcomes for this but as he said he thinks it's highly unlikely that it would wind up with all the canadian teams having to go play their seasons in the united states so that is good 22 minutes after seven quick timeout Okay, Raptors now trailing the Pelicans 93-88 with 9-17 left in the fourth quarter. We will keep you updated on that one. The NHL schedule announced today the Oilers will open with four consecutive home games, two against Vancouver and two against Montreal, then they go to Toronto, and then they go to Winnipeg, and on and on they go until closing out at Calgary on Friday, May 7th. We got the full story, a link to the full schedule on 630 chcom globalnews.ca. Kirby Dock will uh, get some more x-rays on his uh, right hand and wrist. He left today's one nothing win over Russia, a World Junior tune-up for Team Canada, their first tournament game, Boxing Day, at Rogers Place against Germany. Derek England announced his retirement yesterday. He's going to join us on the show next. Of course, he uh, finished up. With the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, he actually uh, gave a pretty emotional speech shortly after there was that mass shooting in Vegas and the Golden Knights uh, started up. Derek was born uh, in Edmonton, grew up in Alberta, so we'll talk about that as well. An interesting uh, interesting full circle for Derek England. He started his pro career with the Las Vegas Wranglers in the ECHL in 3 04, and then ended it with the Golden nights in the nhl in 1920 he's coming up next final guest before christmas
1: By a request from the phone from John. Oh, excellent. All right. Yeah. Final show before Christmas for
0: Inside Sports. Tomorrow at six o'clock, our Christmas programming begins. And then on uh, Monday, we'll have a best of edition of Inside Sports. So our next live show is going to be on Tuesday. I'll also join you on 6.30 Chad Afternoons next week on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm going to be filling in four to six for Jalen Nye, which means I get to read the weather every 30 seconds. That's always exciting. 780-496-0063 if you want to get a number by calling or texting. Uh, Tracy, thanks for your text. I just got that coming in. Appreciate it. Uh, Another texter says we should have a We Are the North Cup. Thomas Drance and I were talking about Well, Thomas brought it up, how there will be a a true Canadian champion in the NHL this year with uh, all the teams only playing each other in the regular season and the first two rounds of the playoffs. So I I bet you someone, some millionaire or billionaire or some organization is going to step forward and have some sort of a trophy. I doubt the team would accept it on the ice after they win the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but who knows, maybe it's something that'll... uh, exist somewhere or be presented during the offseason. You never know. It is going to be fun. Vancouver, Edmonton, first game of the season. If you missed it earlier for the schedule, there are no start times for games. So that'll be announced at a later date, probably still working out the television schedules as well. Uh, the Oilers don't play on Super Bowl Sunday. I did check uh, February 7th, the Super Bowl Sunday. The, the, the NH, often they only have like two, three, or four games on Super Bowl Sunday. The Canadians often play Afternoon home games on on Super Bowl weekend. That's not happening this year, but I mean the NHL has to get through this. So, though I doubt they'll schedule a game uh, during the Super Bowl. That tends not to uh, do very well for ratings. But so just a little bit of a of a side note there, something to keep in mind once we get to do the the start times announced. Canada won one nothing over Russia in their tune up game. I mentioned Kirby Doc uh, shaking up in that game getting more x-rays on his uh, right hand and wrist. So we'll see what the story is there. And now the Raptors really in trouble. They were leading most of the game. Now they're way behind 5.15 to go in the fourth quarter. New Orleans leading it 107-93. We should have a final score on that one before we check out tonight. Well, look, it's it, it's been uh, and, and we'll kind of talk some, some year and review stuff uh, next week as well. But i think just some reflection tonight with with the nhl schedule coming out and i you know w- when they when they played the tournament in the summer I, for for a while i wasn't sure it was even going to happen I, I wasn't sure if they were able even going to be able to finish the season and then uh, i reached the point where okay they're going to finish the season it's just a matter of how they do it there was i mean i go back and there was talk about not playing in NHL cities that they were looking into NCAA rinks that they were looking into using, you know, maybe Saskatoon or a city like that. And then it was NHL rinks and then it was four hub cities. And then it was two hub cities and it was on the verge of being Vegas and Vancouver. And then there were too many COVID cases in Vegas and it didn't work out for Vancouver and Edmonton and Toronto got the games. And then going through this process to get to this season um, You know, Bettman had said January 1st. It seemed like everybody was kind of pretty hesitant to think that was going to be the date all along. And then finally we got to January 13th. And I, I have to admit a week and a half ago, I was starting to feel skeptical about Jan, January 13th. I thought there would be a season, but I thought, man, even that might be pushed back a little bit just because they, they weren't doing anything. They like nothing was being announced. And for a while they, they weren't having very many discussions, but they they, they got it going. Uh, they got a schedule ready to go. They're trying to cut down on travel. That's why they're having a lot of games two in a row against the same team. No crossing the border till much later in the season. We'll see what happens with fans in Canada. I and mean, just certainly there won't be anybody in the building to start the season vaccines are coming maybe and again this is a maybe we're all speculating at this point about everything who knows maybe by the time you get to the Stanley Cup final or the Stanley Cup playoffs middle of may yeah sure could there be a few thousand fans in whatever rink yeah possibly i i i don't know if it would ever be more than a quarter full in canada as we move through the playoffs but the, you know hopefully uh things start getting back to normal and and i think just having hockey to follow for a lot of us is is normal even though we know the circumstances are are very strange a lot of it is out of our control but i I just hope that for for those of you listening tonight i mean if you're listening to a show called inside sports i'm guessing you like sports and i'm guessing you like the edmonton teams and athletes so that that's the one thing i've heard is that's a lot of people they just want the distraction they just want to follow their favorite players and their favorite teams and they want to get caught up in that and have something to turn on other than here's the COVID news here's the american election here's what whatever's going on so you know i hope that's what it is i said the other night i think we're reminded that the importance of sports is that they aren't that important. It is like, we you know, we recognize it's entertainment and it's fun. And uh, I know we, we got to talk about contracts and I know COVID will, will impact what's happening in the world of sports as well. But I just hope that on the nights we're going to have the broadcast here on six 30 shed, you know, we'll have our 90 minute face-off show. I'm sure some nights we'll do two hours and we'll give you that block of time until the end of overtime open line after the game, where you can just, think about hockey and McDavid's stats and Yamamoto stats and Koskinen's stats and how the game went and the decisions tip had made and what they're going to do the next game and where are they in the standings and we can just all get uh, get down to that. And I think that that's important and I, and I do believe I'm going to sound a little hokey here um, because I, th- I, you know, unfortunately I think sometimes with sports there's a lot of arguing and there's a lot of venom, but I I, I do think sports brings us together. And it's especially a fan base and, you know, if you're part of oil country, you're an Oilers fan. And and uh, I think it can bring everybody uh, together and make you feel a little better as we go through a tough time. And trust me, there are Oilers fans everywhere. And that is one of, the, the, to me, a, a privilege of this job is just connecting with people from literally all over the world. And yes, obviously the large majority of interaction I I get to have with people like you you're in Edmonton or you're in northern Alberta but as you know we even have a few Oilers fans down in a little city called Calgary that check in sometimes Um, you know we've had author Chad Gansky on the show he lives on Victoria on Vancouver Island he's a big Oilers fan Uh, we've had actor Eric Johnson on the show by the way I've heard those commercials for Vikings he's in Vikings now Uh, you know, he lives in Toronto, but grew up in, in Edmonton and, you know, he checks in and and he's a big Oilers fan. And sometimes after games, Rob and I have had calls from California. I remember we had a call, uh, I believe from Malaysia once. I just got an email today from a listener, uh, in New Zealand who was, who was checking in. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. And that's just what I want to get back to that. We'll have these games to talk about. We'll have the ebbs and flows of the season. Sure, there's going to be frustration. Sure, there's going to be bad nights. I think there'll be a lot of good nights as well. And uh, I, I just, I'm going to enjoy the journey of the season. And I, I, I'm not totally sure how I'm going to be covering the games. It'll be different for me. Um, but I think I'll be in Roger's place sometimes, hopefully for home games. And the, the one thing I've missed through all this, sure I missed the game days and the games themselves. But there's a, there's a moment that I have always enjoyed walking into an arena or into a a football stadium for that matter. But, but I I get to have this experience going into Rogers place and I, I get to experience it very uniquely for me. And I, I love the moment when I first walk into this, into an arena. So Rogers place in this case, and there's that, Quiet before the game. And and if the oilers play a game at seven o'clock, I'm usually at Roger's place by four o'clock at the latest. I'm often there around three thirty because we'll start our face-off show at around five thirty. So I go up to the press box and I come out of the elevator and you kind of go to go around a corner. And then you're you're walking along a walkway, and down to your left is the stands and the ice surface. And it's at this incredibly quiet moment where the ice is totally clean you know the scoreboard might have some stuff on it or maybe they're testing some things you can look down into the bowl you might see nobody or you might see some people doing some work on the rink but you won't see more than a dozen people at the most and it's just so quiet and I love looking down at that sheet of ice and thinking man there it is it's all quiet right now and it's so still in this building and in just a few hours, everything is going to be transformed. You'll have energetic, passionate fans in the building. You'll have the, you know, a group of the best hockey players in the world, regardless of what team comes in or, or how the Oilers are doing. You know, there's only 31 teams in the NHL. These are the top hockey players in the world, even if, even if they're on a bad team. And I look down at that ice and I'm just like, there's the, there's the canvas for tonight. And and I love that quiet moment and feeling that moment of anticipation. Something special is going to happen on that ice. And, And right now I'm here in all this quiet and it's so still. And it's just going to be so transformed over the next few hours, and all of a sudden, all these little moments and all these little stories are going to be told again over the course of two and a half or three hours for the game. That's that's the little moment that that I've been missing through all this, and I look forward to feeling that again. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to chime in, uh, we I got to be honest with you here. We made I've lost Derek England tonight. I was really hoping to talk to him. Uh, if we don't connect we'll have to get them on uh, after christmas but back with more inside sports after the break
2: Deck the halls with boughs of holly Tis the season to be jolly Don we now our gay apparel Call the ancient yuletide
0: carol
1: What's this one, Kelly? Well, it's Deck the Halls, but it's War Pigs. This is by a fellow by the name of Aaron Gage. And this video debuted uh, earlier this week. It's already up to 200,000 views on the old YouTube scheme. All right. Excellent stuff.
0: Uh Raptors are going to lose tonight. First game of the year. Minute 5 left in the fourth. New Orleans leading 113-97. Canada beat Russia 1-nothing in a World Junior tune-up at uh at Rogers Place. Uh okay, well our apologies. We didn't get you Derek England tonight. We uh we had him booked in for 7:30. We didn't connect. Uh maybe we'll get him on uh after christmas i was looking forward to talking to him so hopefully we can still do that down the road coach dad texting in tonight he says at the end of the day we'll either be smart enough to play mcdavid and dry together and guarantee in a playoff spot and contend for a cup or we will overthink it and flounder bottom line if you have a nuke use the damn thing merry christmas from coach dad you know what coach dad um the oilers have three Pretty good players. Well, really good players, obviously. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. I think two of the three have to play together, but the Oilers have definitely gone down a path here where where they believe that they can be most successful by having McDavid and Dreisaitl on different lines. And that finally worked when they had Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins, and Drysital on a line. Now that somewhat though left McDavid with inferior line mates for the playoffs. Well, then they put Nugent Hopkins back up there with McDavid. My argument, Coach Dad, given how well Drysital, RNH, and Yamo play in the second half of the season, to me that was the nuke. That line was the nuke that was abandoned, and I made that argument, especially with the Oilers down two games to one in the series against Chicago that you had to put that line back together. And I I realized maybe long-term you didn't want that line together and and you, you know, you want other combinations or whatever. But my argument was that Dave Tippett wasn't coaching the 2023 orders. He was coaching the 2020 orders and the 2020 orders needed dry settle, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto together on a line. Now, was that the only reason they lost the series? No, because they 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 did not look anywhere near the team that they were for most of the regular season. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I I I just think, Coach Dad, that they're they're not going to play McDavid and Drysaddle together now that hopefully they're a little deeper, and hopefully Yamamoto can play up there. Uh, maybe Archibald can rotate up there. Cassie and I think they still want up there at times. Maybe Dominic Cahoon, one of the new guys, can come in and play up there at times. So I think, and and Stoff has made this point, the Oilers' number one line is whatever line Nugent Hopkins is on. Because Nuge being the Oilers' third best players, if he plays with the, whichever guy is is 1 and 1A one on any given day, that line becomes a better line. So I, I think we're at a stage now in the Oilers where McDavid and Dreisaitl will rarely be five-on-five line mates. That's, that's how I think they're approaching this. I think they've told McDavid and Dreisaitl, look, we got to split you guys up for the team to, to be successful. Sure. If they're on the same line, that's 20 minutes a game where they should be better but 40 minutes a game where the Oilers are likely going to be inferior. So I think the Oilers are approaching it. If McDavid's line plays 20 minutes, Dreisaitl's line plays 20 minutes, maybe that's 40 minutes a game where where we can be a little bit better. And they're trying to round out the the rest of the forwards. I think up front, I think when it comes to forwards, this is the deepest the Oilers have been in a long time. Will it be deep enough? I don't know. I, I think, I still think they can be a pretty good regular season team. Um, which is fine which is step one you have to get into the playoffs and we're a long way away from there but maybe ultimately this and i think this happens for a lot of teams i mean look at washington ultimately you get evaluated on what you can do in the postseason colton says uh thanks for that story Reed. i like hearing what your guys days are like on a game day as broadcaster my day is pretty boring usually just get up and feed cows or i working up north in the conklin area lol hey well, there's nothing wrong with feeding the cows they gotta eat they gotta eat I, i'm telling you colton cows like to eat <laughs> let's put quote put, quote quote that on twitter Reed wilkins cows like to eat that's no bull. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right. Well, we're heading into the uh, the Christmas break. So, like I mentioned, no show tomorrow. We got Christmas. Do you work tomorrow,
1: Kellum? No, I'm off now until Monday. so so
0: what is the because I gotta admit when I when I'm on Christmas break, I'm on Christmas break. I'm not totally aware of what we have on uh, for Christmas programming is right. it like people singing Christmas carols? Is it Christmas stories? Is it Bob but by the way, Bob Layden's retiring at the end of the year. I'm sure mm-hmm. people have seen that like is it Bob Laden Bob Laden reading uh like Christmas stories does he does he read? The night before Christmas does he does he read um you know a Christmas carol does he do all the Scrooge uh, ghost voices and then I was visited by the ghost of Christmas Past. Like, what what is on the radio in in 24
1: hours? Well, in 24 hours, in this time slot, uh, we will be. Uh, it, it's 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 a it's a. You don't know either. Deal. You're it's, stalling. They you rolled, nobody knows. They legit rolled the tape out of Halsey's office today, and this thing is <laughs> like it looks like um, you know something from Lord of the Rings or something. It's like a tablet, and it's got all this tape and everything, and that they're <laughs> wiring up for tomorrow night. So. All right. All right, I'll
0: take your word for it. Yeah, trust now, me. Bob Layton's uh, Bob Layton's retiring. I mean, yeah. man, what's he going to do with himself? Hopefully, he writes another book. I read from his book on my Instagram account a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I I did the book in his voice. I quite I quite enjoyed doing it. Can I, can I still do Bob Layton's voice even after he retires? I I, I think I yeah, I think I can. I think that's fair. I think he'll still make some cameos.
1: I think, if I remember correctly, too, you read like a, a passage or two from the book uh, on the show here. I think it was like during the summertime or something. It was a few Oh, years did ago. I? Yeah. I? I might yeah. have. I can't
0: remember one show to the next. The Pelicans <laughs> beat the Raptors 113 99. So, Raptors start the season 0 1. They played their uh, quote unquote home game at Amelie Arena in Tampa. All right. Thanks to our guest tonight. You heard from Bob Stoffer, Oilers Now host, Thomas Drantz. He writes hockey for the Athletic vancouver and uh thanks to those of you who chimed in as well on uh the text line always appreciate it i really hope you have a merry christmas or uh however it is you celebrate at this time of year I appreciate that you listen to the show. Hopefully, it's brought you a little bit of joy or enlightenment as we moved along, or if it just made you laugh a little bit, that's good too. And uh, don't worry, everybody, your canned hams are in the mail. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Merry Christmas.